0: to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell?
1: Welcome to episode 24 of Writer on the Road. Today's a very, very special episode. Uh, I'm still blushing as I think about um, what I'm reading to you today. It's a beautiful woman by the name of Val Francis and she's writing under the name of Robin St. Croix. I'm been so excited and waiting so long to be able to put this episode up for you uh, a whole week now and what Robin's got to share with us is the most amazing uh, launch that I've ever that I've ever participated in so I was up most of the night waiting to get my hands on this story and finally this morning it came through and I was sitting up in bed and reading it with my daughter And we were very, very excited. The trouble is the first paragraph was probably something that I didn't need my 16-year-old to read. So I'm thoroughly recommending this woman. She's a beautiful, beautiful, talented lady. The way she's gone about this launch is amazing. Uh, Her series is called The Masquerade in 12, I guess, 12 episodes. And I think the first couple you subscribe to... Oh, sorry, Robin St. Croix's mailing list and you get the first uh, episode or two for free. Although I ended up paying 99 cents on Amazon, but I think uh, Val's working hard to change that. So sit back and listen to... Uh, Val's story today she starts about talking talking about middle grade fiction which is really really interesting I've written some middle grade fiction so I was interested in what she had to say and how she goes about selling her her books using word of mouth which is a pretty uh, good skill or pretty good way of going about things and then how she has built up the excitement for the release of her masquerade series Uh, there is a book trailer there but having read the first paragraph of of masquerade part one i was a bit reluctant to look at the trailer but i've done that as well and it is it is tasteful so go on, have a look this old lady's still blushing this old lady's still shocked um but i'm sure if i get past those first couple of pages i'll go on and and really enjoy this series the premise is fantastic uh, something about what would you do if you didn't think you were going to get caught uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on this I hope everybody goes and downloads Masquerade It's word of mouth I'm part of the launch team uh, I'm not sure that I want to be uh, promoting this kind of stuff but hey it's the 21st century and I have to run with the times in my day I used to like to shut the bedroom door on the naughty bits uh, that's not going to happen with the uh, or Val series so I hope you're a little bit, I guess, less naive than me and you enjoy enjoy uh, the series. But in the meantime, listen to what Val's got to say about how she created this, how she, she is making a huge success of her writing business with both her middle grade and her masquerade series. And I'm going to have um, Val back on in the very near future to let us know how The whole launch process has gone. It's closest I've come to being involved in something like this. Uh, This woman is an extrovert. She's gorgeous. And if anyone can make this succeed, she can. But remember, if you're going to read this thing, make sure it's on a Kindle and make sure your kids aren't um, lying around with you. Okay, enjoy episode 24 of Right on the Road. welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. I feel like I've been at this computer all night. I was interviewing last night and here I am bright and early six o'clock in the morning and I'm interviewing again. Both my guests have been absolutely beautiful. Last night it was Julie Schooler. This morning I've got another beautiful, happy, bright, young writer, uh, Valerie Francis from Newfoundland, uh, an island off Canada. So good morning, Valerie.
0: Good evening, Melinda. Yeah, they they
1: get the advantage on me. It's Saturday night over there. Um, But I'm very excited to be talking to Valerie this morning, this evening, because she has a love of words that I just admire. My daughter and I play word games all the time, and I was reading Valerie's bio very quickly this morning because I forgot to wake up, and it's got some very, very interesting thing about Uh, things about Valerie that I'm going to get her to share with us today. But first of all, if you'd like to introduce yourself, Valerie, um, because I'm going to have a drink of Milo.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, I'm Valerie Francis. I'm a Canadian author living in the the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. And I write uh, children's fantasy fiction under my own name, and that series is Nature Nights. Um, And as of tomorrow, I will also be publishing Romantic Suspense under my pen name, Robin St. Croix.
1: Yeah, now I looked very briefly last week at the romantic suspense novels because we have a lot of romance uh, readers and writers who listen in and I thought, I'll just have a pop over there and have a listen and then (laughs) I had to um, send Valerie a bit of a Facebook message saying, Oi, what kind of romance do you write? Because the covers are magnificent, <laughs> but they're a little bit explicit. Um, and I know with romance, that goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I, I also think your novels are tasteful. They're not into the erotic or anything, but the covers are absolutely beautiful. So it's
0: not where I wanted to start. But while we're talking about it, who does your covers? Um, well, it's it's just though the one cover so far for My Romantic Suspense, and it's The Two Masks. And it's actually a woman in, um, in Phoenix, Arizona, who I met at a conference. And uh, she's a graphic artist and uh, uh, doesn't really do a lot of cover work, but I knew exactly what I wanted. So um, she said, yeah, well, when you get back to your office, give me a call and we'll see if we can come up with something. So um, Patty Knowles is her name, and she did this... She was so easy to work with and she mocked this up and I had it in a week and um, yeah, so I'm really happy with it.
1: Yeah. Now, I'll do a bit of a blog post and I'll put some of the covers up that Valerie's got um, because the other covers that are absolutely gorgeous, and I've dabbled a little bit in middle grade fiction so I was pretty excited that Valerie that you do write middle grade fiction I haven't had a children's author on before so that's exciting so we probably should focus on that to start with your Mm -hmm. your uh, nature series or your nature night series Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about those books and the prequel that you've just released
0: yeah, the, um, the covers for the Nature Nights for the kids' books were done by a local artist, because uh, I like to work with as many local people as I can. And uh, her name is Elizabeth Barrington Matheson. And um, she the, the prequel, which is called Defiant, is an illustrated book. And uh, Elizabeth did the illustrations inside as well. So Nature Nights is, um, the premise is that nature can fight back against the damage that we're doing to it. And I've got a couple of trailers on YouTube, if anyone wants to have a look, or my website, ValerieFrancis.ca. The trailers are there as well. And um, so, yeah, that's the premise. And there are um, the main protagonist is Clancy Donovan, and she is an elemental. She has the power of fire, and she meets three other people, um, and the four of them go on a quest to, um, to you know, there's a mystery at the beginning of the book, and they don't know what's what's causing it. So they go on a quest to to um, uh, find a cure for this disease that that has broken out.
1: Yeah, and you're a huge fan of Tolkien.
0: Yeah, can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love fantasy fiction. I really, really do.
1: Yes. Yeah, and I think that love of words. I love Tolkien simply because of the way he uses his words. He he wrote his own language, uh, and when you start to look into the life of this author, it is absolutely mind-blowing, and Lord of the Rings trilogy is only a very small part of what he has written, Uh, would you, I think um, my daughter's reading, I think it's called Gilgamesh or Gilgamesh or Golgamesh. Gilgamesh. Yeah, and she's wading her way through that, and it's her new favourite book. I bought it for me, but I haven't been able to touch it in two years. Um, But he was was writing, I think, at the time of Tolkien, but Tolkien got so very, very big that Gilgamesh um, sort of got buried a little bit. But those guys, when you start looking at how they play with words, it is amazing. And the reason I'm bringing that up today is because Valerie is a lover of words and there's been a couple of little discussions in her blog posts about the way that she uses words.
0: Where did that passion come from? That's a good question. You know, I I think it's probably my father um, because he he is just a natural born storyteller and sometimes, you know, you're never quite sure if he's telling you the truth or if it's sort of a stretch story. But he comes up with these names of characters and words and so forth. Oh, I've got a cat going across my screen. And uh, um, it, it's just playing, playing around with words and just having fun with words. And when my, I have two kids, and when they were little, um, I just kind of naturally did it with them.
1: Yeah, and it's, um, Valerie's a lady after my own heart, being an English teacher by default. Uh, I've I've homeschooled my children and travelled all around the place in the caravan, and we love, well, my oldest daughter and I love words, my youngest daughter throws books at us, um, but there is nothing better than being able to bend and twist the language to the way that it suits you, and what caught my eye in the very first thing is the names of your characters, they're very, very interesting.
0: Um yeah they um well, of course with the Harry Potter books coming out you know J.K. Rowling has used all the latin words so just forget latin because no matter what you do it sounds like it's a Harry Potter word to the readers right and uh so I was looking for something some sort of a language that would capture the feeling of the world that I was creating and here in Newfoundland we've got a really heavy irish culture a very celtic culture and so i started to look at gaelic and the irish gaelic and the scottish gaelic uh, although i know the two are very different but i just fell i fell in love with the sounds of the words so the trick of course with gaelic for me anyway is that they're it's very hard to read what it looks like on the page is not what it sounds like so i would go into um different Uh, websites that I found or I have some friends who who um, have a familiarity with Gaelic anyway and I would ask them to say certain words for me and then I would write them down phonetically as best as I could so that my reader whenever because it's primarily kids in grade five and six who uh, who are reading the Nature Night series so when they come to a word they don't know I mean, at that age, it doesn't bother them because there's a lot of words they don't know. So they just kind of happily go along and, and give it a try. So if they try it um, and just say this, read it phonetically, they're they're pretty close on. And when I go in and do classroom visits, I say to them things like, well, the name Hermione Granger. No, I mean, nobody could say that. Um, outside maybe um, in England they might have known it, but certainly no one here in Canada uh, New Hermione or an end in the States and so forth until the movies came out and then things like Hermione became standardized Expecto Patronum all this became standardized because we heard it on film so until that happens uh, The book is really for the reader. It's it's an individual experience for the reader So if if like for example, my capital city is Cadiz, k-a-d-i-t-h if someone says Cadiz and somebody else says Cadiz. Well, who cares, (laughs) right? I mean, that's sort of, that's part of the joy of taking a a book, a story, and making it your own. So I just really encourage the kids to have fun, and uh, if they really want to know what I had in my mind when I was writing it, email me, and I'll tell them, (laughs) (laughs) you know. And
1: this is the beauty of writing for kids. They are so very accepting. They are so very creative. And I was really excited, like going back to teaching recently, that I thought, oh, wow, they've got the words creativity and imagination in the curriculum. So I thought, wow, kids will be able to extend themselves and do all these wonderful things. And it turned out not to be true at all, because when it comes to assessment and marking, we trash them. Uh, If if they really extend themselves, they really, really push themselves – and try something new and it fails, we don't say, wow, we can see what you've tried to do and it's fantastic, we're going to mark you up for it. We're going to say, gee, your grammar's off and your story doesn't make sense because it hasn't got a beginning, middle and end, there's a C minus. And I've, I've just really rebelled against that and hearing you talk the way you are and going in and having author visits, I know primary schools are a little bit more flexible than high schools, but I ended up building my own... Uh, online writing course, which we're about to launch, um, teenage stories, or uh, teenage novel story slingers, or something. It's too early in the morning, but I'm about to launch <laughs> that, and I'm mentioning that specifically here today because um, for everyone who's listening, Valerie has a young daughter who's writing or has written a novel, and she's got an interview up with another young novelist. Now these girls are about ten or eleven or twelve, and I desperately want them to. Um, speak to me, and, uh, so that I can put them on my story slingers writing course. So Valerie, tell me about your daughter and her writing, because I'm really interested, and hopefully, um, I can get her onto my course.
0: Now, this was um, that interview that you're talking about again, son, up on YouTube. Um, that was done when my daughter and her friend were in grade five. They're now in grade eight, and it was part. <laughs> I blinked, and suddenly they're they're teenagers. Um, so that was done. Um, and that was right around the time that my book was coming out and, uh, it literacy day was coming up. That's uh, January 29th here in Canada. I don't know if it moves around, but that's when it is here in Canada. So I approached there, they were in the same class and I approached their teacher and said, you know, like these two kids are doing, doing these books. I can easily facilitate an interview. You know, Stella can be at her house. Avery can be here, and uh, sort of wrap this into part of their um, school project. And so, you know, we did it, and the kids had a blast. And the teacher was going to show it in his his classroom, and so forth. And the morning I put it up, my sister called me and said oh, you've got to call the media. You have got to call the local media about this. So I let a few people know. And for three days, I did nothing but manage the careers of these two children who went on every local broadcast here. They were on TV. They were on radio. They were in the paper. And uh, then they did a, a little book tour of their school. They had a blast so Stella finished her book, and she—I um, don't know what she did with it after. Avery um, has is working on several different books, and of course it changes as she gets older, right? The, the the type of story that she's attracted to changes, and the and the the plots are getting a little more complicated, and so forth. Um, but she writes every day. And is Avery your daughter,
1: or is that Avery's my daughter? Yeah. Okay, and she's yep, still Avery's writes. my daughter.
0: Yeah. Okay, so yep. everybody, I'm
1: going to invite Avery. Uh, Onto my podcast and speak to her, and certainly get her, um, if she'll, if she will, uh, onto my Story Slingers course. Because my daughter wrote her first novel when she was ten or eleven, and what struck me the most—it was about 30,000 thirty thousand words—but it was that intrinsic feeling of, I guess, success that no one can give you. She, when she typed or wrote the end, she was just full of that. Feeling. And I said to her, Don't ever forget that because no one can give that to you no marks, no accolades, no anything. And I thought, We've actually, we have seem to have bypassed that a little bit, I guess, in the education system. And that's what I'm trying to regain with my story slingers to give kids back that feeling of success. Now, Avery, Avery and Stella will certainly know what I'm talking about. So I'm very keen to talk to them. And as you said, They can go on and write for life if they choose or they can put it down and pick it up. Uh, That love of words that you instilled in your daughter from a very young age, I'm guessing um, that your daughter's been on the same trajectory that me and my daughter have been on. Uh, That love of words, she's watching you write, she's watching your business, and she's part of it.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, she's she's very creative and artistic in dance and theatre and music and writing, and my son is very musical. And it's... It's interesting, you know, here in Newfoundland a few years ago, um, might have been 20 years ago now, we had our main um, economy here was the fishery. And we had a, ma- a major collapse. And there was mass unemployment. And I, so I grew up with the notion of you get a job, whatever job you can get, and you're grateful for it, and you hang on to it for dear life. There was none of this, you know, choose the career that... that Feed your soul. There's none of that nonsense, right? You just get a job and and you go to work, and that's it, right? And so, you know, what happens is then when you turn 40, you say, "I don't like this job, and I'm going to give it up and write novels." (laughs) So, which is quite shocking to my my poor parents. I'm not sure if they're over it yet. But um, the the benefit, you know, that I, for me, well, lots of benefits for me, but. But my kids are looking at me now seeing that um, you you can actually choose a career that you love and you can earn a living doing it, which is really radical for Newfoundland. You know, this is just so outside the box. It's not even funny. And my son is 17 now, so he just spent, uh, he's been working for a few years, but this summer was the first time he did full-time hours up at uh, the restaurant. And I said to him one day, you know, after he'd worked a 40 hour week, I said, so how does it feel to work full time? And he said, mom, it's, it's all I do. And I said, well, now do you see why I keep telling you to pick a job that you like? Because you're going to be doing it a lot. And if it's something that you love, then you don't mind doing it. I wake up in the morning and I cannot wait to get to work. You know, I come down the stairs and I'm thinking, ah, oh, I get to make up stories. This is a really cool job. <laughs> and
1: um, for everyone who's listening, uh, Valerie was a, in media and corporate communications. So I guess you were a bit of a high flyer. You, you had a very, I guess, in uh, what do you call it, time-consuming job and it was um, high level. And you've given all that up and now you've now got your own, uh, I guess, publishing company. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Because I can't pronounce the name of it, but the history behind it sounds absolutely fascinating.
0: Yeah, I used to work uh, in corporate communications, and it was a pretty intense job, and it was definitely all-consuming. There were, um, uh, you know, a week would go by when I wouldn't see my kids awake, and I thought, okay, this is not cool. <laughs> I don't know, this is not what I had kids for. And, uh, yeah, so now I own my own publishing company. It's called Bosarius Press. And Bosarius is a word that nobody can ever pronounce, but that's okay. I'll do a video on it someday and, and explain to people what it means. But it's an old English word that means writers. So so that's why I chose Bosarius. Yeah. And tell us a bit tell us a bit about what what your publishing company does. Well, I um it, it basically just I'm just publishing my own work. Um I do work with other local writers to sort of mentor them along, but I'm that's not an official part of my my company. Um, so I'm working with with my books as Valerie Francis, my Kidlet, and my books as Robin St. Croix, which is my romantic suspense.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't know if anyone wants to rewind and listen to this. Is then Oh, can you rewind podcasts? I'm not sure. In the olden days, we'd put the tape back. But Valerie made this <laughs> wonderful statement that I'm very interested in. She comes down the stairs. She's very exciting because she's making a living doing uh, the thing that she loves the most. Now, I do the thing that I love the most, and I don't make a cent, and that's why I go to school. So, <laughs> Valerie, congratulations on making a living out of this gig. You'll Thank have to you tell do. me how you Thank do you. it. Tell,
0: tell us all we're waiting. <laughs> Well, you know, with the kids, as a writer, you know that kids' books function in a totally different way than adult books. And so the the business model for someone writing Kidlet is very different than the business model for someone writing adult books. And I started out with Kidlet, and, you know, that's my heart is definitely in anything fantasy. And the story that came out happened to be a kid's story. So that's how I came up with that. Um, But for me, I think the. I was going to say the trick. I don't think it's a trick. The, the strategy, the, the thing that works is connecting with your readers because publishing is a word of mouth industry. People are far more likely to read a book that has been recommended to them by someone that they know, and they're far more likely to, to read your book if they know you and if they get to know you. So I, for my kidlet, I do, uh, um, for the past year and a half, I've done an awful lot of school visits and I mean, I just get a kick out of them. I love classroom visits because they're so high energy and I mean, I'm an extrovert. So for me to sit in my office by myself all day is really challenging. (laughs) So I just love any opportunity to go out and talk to the kids, talk to my readers and, um, you know, just, just, talk to them about, well, not only my story, but the types of books that they love. And we do readings together, and I get them to act stuff out, and I get them to do the voices, and it comes alive, and they're really shocked that I know who Rick Riordan is, or I know who some of the other authors are, because their parents aren't necessarily into it. Their teachers might very well know, but hasn't read the books. And uh, they get a kick out of talking about stories. They really like it. So for me, for my kidlet, it's the in-person visits where I make, you know, 90% of my income. Um, for the adult books, it's the online stuff where I'll make 90% of my income. Now, that said, I've got a, um, a workshop coming up next weekend for the adult uh, writing. So I'll be selling books there as well. Okay. So uh, First of all, I didn't, know, I didn't think
1: did that you got paid that well for author visits, but I, I guess that you do because we have authors coming through the schools all the time. So that, that is obviously something that um, anyone who writes um, kid kids' books might like to think about. And I think you can put yourself on a list that people can book you through. The schools go through the list and choose what authors they want. Is that correct?
0: Well, it is correct. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'll probably get hammered by a bunch of our kid-led authors for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's what I'm doing. Um, I don't charge anything for my school visits, not a penny, um, because schools don't have any money, uh, especially here locally. In fact, just this spring, our education system went through a huge budget exercise, and uh, you know the, the, the schools are scrambling. So what I say to them is, you know, here's here's who I am, here's what I'm about, here's what I'd like to do. Um, I don't charge for the classroom visit, but if it's okay with you, I'll bring in order forms and hand them out to the children. And so the teacher facilitates that for me. And it's, I mean, it's a bit of work. um, But, you know, the teachers have been, and the, and the principals and the the school administration have always been so supportive. It's been a joy to work with them. And, um, you know, there's a list. I didn't even bother getting on that because I didn't know you know, I didn't know anyone in that system, so I just started with um, my kids' school, the elementary school that my kids went to, and I sat down with the principal and I said, "So, how does this work?" He said, "Oh, yeah, come on in, we'll we'll help you out." And then, well, the teachers are friends, so one teacher told another teacher, who told another teacher, who told, and suddenly, I was getting calls. So I didn't really have to do too much proactive work, and in fact, I've already had a couple of calls so far for this year. And I've had to put off the, um, the visits until after Christmas because I have my romantic suspense launching. Um, so that's kind of taking up my fall. So, you know, word of mouth um, in this business, I think is golden. It, it's the thing that will make you or break you. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, and it's
1: interesting, um, Chene, to you, Valerie is just so enthusiastic here and she smiles <laughs> and she's bright and she's vivacious and I, I can see why the kids would be just drawn to you. And I'm guessing they, a lot of them would buy your books because they know you and they love taking ownership. You're theirs.
0: Yeah, I get about um, a 75% pickup rate when I go into a classroom and the books are available locally here in our bookstore And I I do let them know that, but I offer a little bit of a discount um, because of course I can't set the price at the bookstore. I I suggested a price at the bookstore and they put it much higher. Um, So when I go into a classroom, that's another little thank you that I give the the kids who are there. And uh, yeah, so, so I get a lot of pickup rate for the kids who are in my classroom and then they tell their friends, when their friends see them reading a book, they're like, Oh, I met the author. And you know, I was at the supermarket the other day and this little child was looking at me. And so I smiled and she came up and said, You were in my classroom last year. So which was really fun, you know? Yeah. And I was at one of the local bookstores that I, I haven't really worked much with and the manager came over and she said, Excuse me, are you an author? You write children's books, right? <laughs> why yes I do <laughs> and she said well if you're ever having an event or you'd like to partner with us on something here's my card give us a call I thought well this is neat <laughs> Absolutely, I'll give you a call. So this is this
1: is how it works, everybody. It, you've just got to be vivacious, beautiful, energetic, and put yourself out there. So if you think people are going to come to you, they actually do, provided you put yourself in the position and set yourself up and you're professional and all the rest of it. So Valerie's making it sound very, very easy, but she's obviously very, very good at what she does. Now, there aren't a lot of Nature Night books.
0: Not yet. There are two out now. There are eight more to come. Wow. And how many of those are written? Uh, the next two are in various stages of completion. Um, I sort of, I didn't put the brakes on it, but I put it aside a little bit to get the uh, the adult book out the door. So once the adult book is out the door, then I'll pick the the kids' books back up again. Yeah. So um, first question, how long
1: have you been at this? How long have you been writing full time? How long have you, got, you had um, bodacious press set up? I didn't pronounce that correctly uh, at all, did I? Glossarius. serious <laughs> I thought
0: I there's like no Dacious in it. Uh, yeah, Bocerius, <laughs> yeah. Works for me too. Um, I published the first kids' book in 2015. Um, it took me about four years to write that, but I wasn't, I mean, I was still working then. Um, officially, I guess I'm in my second year of business now, full time. And uh, yeah, so the two books came out, one came out in April 2015. Um, and the other one October 2015, and now we're into the fall of 2016 and my adult books are coming out.
1: Yeah. So, it's a, look, it's a really amazing journey that you're describing here to us, Valerie, and you make it sound so very, very simple. Uh, for everybody who's who's sitting there as amazed as I am, I'm going to take you now on another journey that is going to be equally as fascinating. Would you like to tell <laughs> us about what's happening in the next little while with the release of your romantic suspense books under the name of Oh, I don't know where you get these names Charles. Robin St. Cross. Robin St. Croix. Robin yep. St. Croix, I knew I was going to get it wrong. Okay, tell us all about it.
0: Um, yeah, it's a it's a total departure from the kids' books, and uh, the reason I used a pen name is to distinguish it distinguish these adult books from the kid books. So I like to say I write for the kids and their moms, you know, so that the mom knows what the kid has and doesn't, you know, inadvertently buy the wrong book. Um, And uh, I started, I started writing the romance almost on a dare from a friend of mine who's a romance writer. Um, And I was saying to her, you know, I I can't find a good romance that I'm really getting into. And she said, well, then go write it, you know, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I thought, I don't know if I can do this. And then one day, this line came to my head what would you do if you knew you wouldn't get caught? And I thought, "Hmm, I can do something with that. Now there's a line I can do something with. So I wrote it with myself and, and a lot of my friends in mind who are very busy women. You know, they've got careers, they've got kids and they might be looking after aging parents, they're volunteers, they're, you know, they're in relationships, they're trying to keep going, their time is at a premium. And they come home Friday night tired. And even though they might love books and they really want to escape, the whole idea of picking up a Diana Gabaldon book just freaks them out because it's so thick. So I thought, aha, I know what I'll do. I'll write a book, but I will publish it in parts. So Masquerade is Robinson St. Croix's book, and it is a novel in 12 parts. And the premise is that these two characters, Isla and Colin, go to a masquerade ball, and they're strangers, and they meet, and they're given an opportunity to take part in a game whereby they would meet once a month for a year um, and have these little secret rendezvous, uh, and they have to follow three rules. They cannot reveal their identities. They can only meet at prearranged times and places, and they cannot fall in love. So of course you know you know that's going to be right for for some uh, some twists and turns in there. And uh, so the masquerade is told in twelve parts. Each part is a month of the year. So it starts in October with the masquerade ball. Part two will be November. Part three is December, and so on. And the first part comes out. Tomorrow, in fact. I'm getting ready to upload it when we finish this conversation. <laughs> and
1: I have just immediately made a decision. Now, I've got uh, three other beautiful interviews. I've just come up a series of five podcasts on business, and I thought, what am I going to follow that up with? So I've got uh, three other interviews that I've completed this week, but I am going to put this one up simply because so I'm just reading on your website about this series of Masquerade, and I want to um, – download and buy it myself and I thought this will be a great one I love that idea what would you do if you didn't think you were going to get caught I could think of a dozen things off the top of my head Um, and most of them involve ex-husbands actually (laughs) okay so tell us (laughs) tell us about tomorrow that's everybody this is how you launch your book and um if anyone can do it it's going to be valerie because her background is in media and communications um if you've listened to her like i have for the last half hour you've got no doubt that this is going to be a doozy uh tell us what's going to happen
0: I'm going to start this as, uh, again, using word of mouth as my premise. Um, I started work on the uh, the launch and the public relations side of it back in April, and we're now in September. And I went to um, a workshop back in, a business workshop back in April, and there were 75 people there. And I asked every one of them if they would help me with my launch. And, uh, 73 of them said, yes, two of them were religious leaders and didn't really like the idea of her romantic suspense, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. Um, I didn't realize that that was their, their business when I asked them. Anyway, we had a good chuckle over it. Um, so these 75 people is who I started with. Uh, they all signed up to my mailing list and, but they signed up with the understanding and with the agreement that when this book comes out, they will share it with their, their network and they will ask their network to share it with their network. So I'm gonna be three tiers deep on this. And so that, so that was my original 75s back in April. Since then I have been uh, talking to people and telling them about the story just like I did with you just now and asking them the same thing. Would they help me spread the word? So I've been gathering these email addresses and people have been going on and, and signing up. Um, and you can go to com and, and sign up to the mailing list. And um, all of these people have said that, yes, they want to read the book, but yes, they also want to help me get the word out. So it's that's the strategy I'm doing. I mean, I hear a lot about Facebook ads and I'm not against Facebook ads. I'm just not ready for them. Um, you know, to get to make money going that route, you need a lot of money, and I'm not yet at the stage where I'm prepared to throw that kind of money at ads. I firmly believe that word of mouth is the way to go. And at least your your very first tier of um, of of marketing would be you know, talking to as many people as you can and asking for their help. Not everyone is going to want to help you, but boy, quite a few do, quite a few people look at what I'm doing and say, Oh, I wish I could just you know give up this job that I don't like and go do the thing that I am passionate about. Um, and because I really wish I could do that myself, I'm going to help you because you're doing that. And um, uh, I just did a, a video, a, a book trailer, 30 second book trailer. Just quietly put it up on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, my um, Robinson Croy author page. I didn't put it on my Valerie Francis author page because that's where the kids are. And um, You know, I was getting a view about every 15 seconds and it was, it was a bit, it was cool, but it was also a little bit scary that all of a sudden all these people were um, watching the trailer that I put together and I've been getting, um, you know, personal messages and direct messages and texts from these people in my, who who know me because they genuinely are my Facebook friends and they're friends. They're not just random people saying, you know, holy cow. Where do I get this book and what can I do to help you? So that's how I'm launching this book tomorrow. It's 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 a, a, a soft, quiet launch, initially out of the gate, uh, focusing on word of mouth. But the beauty here from a business perspective, the beauty here is that I have 12 books to publish and I'm publishing a book every second week. So I'll be publishing for about six months. So I don't need, I don't think, to have a big hoopla Uh, this weekend, um, I can use the next few months to start building momentum gradually to give this word of mouth time to get going. Like I said, there's a, a book expo I'm going to next weekend, which is all local romance writers. So I'm giving a workshop there and I'm doing a reading. So that'll be more people. There's about 150 people coming to that. I will be saying to all of those 150 people, would you like to help me spread the word? Um, and yeah, and that's, that's how I'm going. And when people, when Christmas comes up here, people will be socializing and they'll be saying, oh, I'm reading this book now by Robin St. Croix. You've just got to go check it out. So that's my, that's my whole strategy Uh, (laughs) for now. Now
1: Val has been very kindly talking to us about that. And if everybody's not as excited as me by now, um, you should be. And I was pretty excited when I found that Val wrote uh, *Kidlit* and that she had a daughter who wrote a novel. And I thought, that's our interview for today. But I'm going to scrap all that now because I'm now doubly excited about what you're doing, Val, and and the amazing way of getting word out. While Val was talking, I've just signed up to her newsletter on... valerie what was a robin st croix robinson yep, and i pronounced it correctly so i've signed up uh i'm part of the officially part of the launch team i've just spread the word on facebook that i'm part of the launch team now um i've just got an email back that has a wonderful uh, little review on it and i just want to read this to you it says you'll be hooked from the opening scene masquerade is an edge of your seat suspense that but from the first word, we'll have you rooting, rooting for a taboo love affair. Robin St. Croix has woven a captivating tale of steamy intrigue that will leave you breathless and wanting more. Now, that's what I call romance. Now, we're only going to get a section every two weeks. Now, I, I presume I'll get something that I'll buy every two weeks. How will that work?
0: Yeah, um, so part one will be available uh, as of tomorrow, you know, whenever Amazon gets it up there yeah. and i'll, I'll get an email. everyone know that's
1: there yeah yep, you'll get. get
0: an email yep you'll get an email that it's available with the links as to where to to get it now for those who finish part one and would like part two if they're not already on my mailing list they can sign up to my mailing list and get part two everyone on the mailing list will get part two for free so you can let them know that so we buy, then, hang
1: on we buy part one so i'm going to tomorrow i'm going to buy part one yeah, part one will be
0: free for September.
1: Oh, so I'm going to get part one free as well.
0: Yep, and uh, for September, and then part two you can also get free um, by signing up to to and that'll be a download. You'll get a, an email with how to download it and what to all the instructions, what to do, and then from part three onward. Um, you can just go to your, the retailer of your choice and buy it. But at the end of each book, you'll have the option to go and pre order the next book so that um, it'll just arrive on your e reader when it's published. So
1: tell me you're using Book Funnel. You're, you're going to make it easy for me, aren't you?
0: Oh, yes, it'll be very easy. So yep. is, it, is it Book Absolutely. Funnel where it just turns up? Um, no, I don't, I haven't used book funnel yet. Now I was going to look into that this evening because on the Valerie Francis site, I had that done by a designer, um, who has an even easier system. So I was going to look at what he did on the, on the Valerie Francis site and just copy it over. And if that doesn't work tonight, I'll go to book funnel. But not to worry, it will be very, very simple. So it's just going to turn up in my Kindle. I'm a simple I'm a simple girl
1: and technology blows me away. So it just has to turn up and have to sit there so I can just press go and read. And I know in the past people have sent me PDFs that I have to download and transfer over and this out and the other. And in the end I just go, I may have just spent twenty bucks on you, mate, but I can't be bothered anymore. (laughs) And and there are a few nightmares like that out there on the internet. You get these free twenty-seven books if you give me a review. And then when you try to open the 27 books, you go, forget it. (laughs) It's too hard. It's too hard.
0: Well, Kindle is really helping people do that because you can just email it to yourself and it pops up on your device. Um, For some of the other devices, it's a little more challenging. Um, That's where BookFunnel, a lot of people like BookFunnel because it gives you step-by-step instructions as to how to do that. Now, I already had that set up on my Valerie Francis site long before I ever heard of book funnel Mm -hmm. and it's the same idea but it actually has less steps than book funnel so um so that's why i'm going to go there and see if i can just use that and move it over to to the robin st croix but it's going to be it's going to be so easy it's not even going to be funny but that's why i want to make
1: go ahead no i was gonna say how is this for uh i guess an exciting interview and an exciting strategy Um, I'm just blown away word of mouth spreading the word three tiers down Um, you've got me punching buttons all over the place here (laughs) now it says here on the website one a week
0: yeah I was going to do one a week I just changed that actually so I've got a I've got a I was moving all over the place on the strategy first it was going to be one a month so when I originally set this up ages ago um, because I would. So the first book takes place in October. I would publish that in October. Book two is in November. I publish that in November. And I said, holy Hannah, that's going to drag out for a year. I can't I just can't be at it. So then I th- went to one a week. I said, you know, that's almost too quick um, for for me to handle, because as an independent author, I'm doing it all. I'm also a single mom. So I'm doing all that. I said, that's gonna be too much to handle. So just last week, I was talking to my mastermind group and I was sort of bouncing ideas off with them. I said, okay, what do you think about every other week? And they said, as long as you're consistent with your publishing. So if you start with every week, you gotta keep going every week or you're just gonna make people angry, which is true. But if you're gonna do every other week, just go with every other week. So every other week is a pace that I can handle. It's also, from a marketing point of view, the, the added benefit that I didn't really realize until later is that it gives my readers more chance to read it, especially as we move up into Christmas, because the, these are already busy people who are only getting busier this fall. Um, fall here, spring for you, but fall fall for me. Um, so it gives them more time to read the books and chat with their friends. And uh, it gives me more time to, to implement um, more marketing strategies. You know, because... I don't know how how you feel when you get into this, but for me, the most challenging part of this job is the overwhelm, because first you got to figure out how to write a book, and that's that's a bit of work, right? It doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. And then you just conquer how to write a book, and then you got to figure out how to market it, and then you got to figure out how to set up a business, and then you got to deal with accountants and incorporating, and all. The, you know, it's like ah, uh, my brain. So I was getting really overwhelmed with all the different marketing options. And I heard an interview with Bella Andre, and I think it might have been on Mark Dawson's podcast. I can't remember, but I think that's where I heard it. And like for a while I stopped listening to I stopped reading articles, I stopped listening to podcasts, like for about two weeks because I was I was on overload. And this interview with Bella Andre was one that um, one of the first ones I listened to when I started to pick it back up. And she said, you know, for our writers out there who are still in the first few years of their career, you can totally build your career on word of mouth. That's what I did. And I thought, well, heck, if it works for Bella Andre, it'll work for me. I mean, she's doing all right. And uh, for me, I just, you know, I love any excuse to go out and meet people is perfect. Perfect is perfect. So I thought, great. I get to talk to people. And as you can tell, I like to talk. (laughs) I've never been accused of being, you know, a wallflower. Um, So I thought, well, this is great. I'll just focus on that as a strategy. And then I'll start building one block at a time.
1: It's amazing. I'm sitting here just totally, totally gobsmacked that that this strategy has built like, I'm guessing it's built like Topsy. It sounds like it's built like Topsy, but it's also very targeted and very deliberate and has come together amazingly well. So it hasn't come together like Topsy at all, has it? You you have deliberately set out to achieve this. When Have you written
0: and completed, have you completed the whole 12 masquerades? The uh, six are completely done and in the can. Six are drafted, but they need a little more massaging yet. I can't call them done yet. They need a little more massaging. So everything between now and the end of this year is, is done. Um, and so while I do that now, my editor is working on um, doing her, giving her time to do her work. And then she'll send them back to me so I'll have the other six ready to go. But I know what's going to happen. Um, uh, you know, and, and it's drafted. Uh, so now I'm just in the massaging stage of it. And uh, the other thing that I did that I forgot to mention is that I I sort of gathered a few beta readers um, as I was going along because this is the first romance I've written. And you know, like with I'm a big fantasy reader. so when I was writing fantasy, I was on more sure footing as a romance reader. I'm not as avid as some of my friends. So I would go to them and say, okay, does this work? Does this work? Does this, you know, like, um, so I spoke to a few romance writers, but then I just went out to people who I knew were my target audience, to my girlfriends and said, can you can you just read this and tell me if you're hooked? If you're not, that's cool. Tell me where you lost interest. If you are, great. So there's one friend in particular, Melanie, and she is completely my target audience, super busy, a big fancy job, uh, three-year-old twins you know she's uh, she's just she is so busy and she's also a writer so I knew Melanie would give me really constructive feedback because she knows what I'm trying to do with this and she said okay send me the first three parts which is my beginning hook right I don't know if you do you follow story grid No. at all Sean no. Coyne story grid so the first the, the first three parts are the beginning hook so by the time you get to the end of part three you're all in okay The characters are all in, the reader is all in, off we go. So I sent that to Melanie and I said, what I need to know is, are you hooked at the opening? Are you hooked at the end of each of these parts? And when you get to the end of part three, do you wanna keep reading? Because you can get part one for free, you can get part two for free, people are gonna pay for part three, would they wanna keep paying for more parts? She said, send it to me, I don't know when I can get to it, but send it to me, great. Well, I got an email the next morning and she had sat down and she said to her husband, I know Valerie's, you know, wondering about this. I just want to have a quick look. And so I can tell her something quickly. And she sat up and read it the whole night. She could, she could not put it down. And her husband woke up in the middle of the night at one point and said, what are you doing? She said, I can't put Valerie's book down. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. So I thought, great, perfect. If I can hook her when she was overtired to start, and, um, and with all these other things that she has to do, and if I can keep her up all night reading, I'm on the right track. So I pulled a few people like this out at the beginning. Another one of my girlfriends I was talking to last night, she's also a single mom, also runs her own business. Busy gal, very busy gal. And on Friday night, she's tired. She's just done. And I gave her a little bit last night. She came over to the house for a visit, and I said, just let me know what you think of this. And I walked out of the room to go and deal with the kids and I came back and she was totally into it, you know? And she said, oh, and this was a draft. I said, stop reading because it's a draft. Like <laughs> like, read the good copy, right? Because you're looking at things with typos in it. And uh, so I picked a few people like that who were my target audience. I hooked them and they are... Voluntarily, I, these are people I didn't even say can you help me share. They're just doing it. They're telling people about it And one of the people that that review that you read um, is by a local author Victoria Barber. She's a USA Today best-selling author and uh, She knows more about the story than anybody because I, I wanted her to to give me a review and uh, I hooked her from the beginning right from the beginning so that's why she gave me this lovely review so You know, Tim Grawl talks about influencers. I was kind of, I was kind of doing that before I knew that you know this was a, a strategy. I was just out there chatting with people and letting them know what I'm doing and saying, hey, you know, can you help me?
1: Yeah. And look, I think part of the reason I'm so very excited is you have forged your own way you've taken bits of what everybody else has done you you've done courses here you've talked to people there and then you've put all this together and no one else has done it so at the end of it i guess you can go and sell it to everybody else and say hey this works why don't you do this and by the way give me a couple (laughs) hundred dollars uh i i can't for the life of me see why you're not going to just succeed with this how long um how long will each section be like I, i get section one tomorrow i'm guessing how, or today, I don't know, time-wise it gets a bit muddly. <laughs> how,
0: how long is Section 1 going to be? It's the length of a glass of wine. That's, That's what I tell people. You. you can sit down. You can... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a single mother. I've got two businesses. I know what it's like. <laughs> I, I tell people it will take between 20 and 30 minutes to read each part, depending on how fast you read. So I like to say it's the length of a glass of wine or a commute home in the evening or if you're at the dentist's office waiting to be called. It's something that's um, you can read on your phone, so you don't have to have your e-reader with you. You can just have it on your phone. And for anyone who doesn't have a Kindle app or a Kobo app on their phone, you go get them. They're free. They're awesome. And um, so, so they're they're bite sized pieces. So when you get to the end, like it's not it's not overwhelming. And the people who have read it, one of the things that I I wanted to do was make this a fast read, it's not a simple read. Um, because you know melanie i'm going to quote melanie because if i say it it sounds you know really egotistical but but my melanie my friend i was just telling you about described it as a smart romance so most romance novels are a pretty straight line between boy meets girl to boy marries girl i have five plot lines going so you know there's there's a bit of intricacy happening so you got to be paying attention so i wanted each part to read quickly not simply, but read quickly. And um, so, the, so the pace is fairly fast. So each chapter is fairly short. They're potato chip length, as Sean Coyne says, which I just love that analogy because I totally understand it. Just one more, you think. Just one more. and um, but, but it's long enough that if you sit down on a Friday night and you're tired and you put your feet up and you pour yourself a glass of wine, by the time you're finished the wine, you'll be finished the part. And you don't have to... Be stressed out that it's a big honking book that you got to read because you don't have any more to read for another two weeks. So that's the other reason I decided to make it every two weeks is that my audience are really busy. And if 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 they don't have time to catch up every week, then they're going to start to feel like they're behind and it's going to start to feel like one other thing that they've got to do. Whereas if it's every other week, it's totally
1: manageable. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. I'll let you know how I go on that because my instinctive is only 20 minutes. I drink a glass of wine every Friday night and I thought, well, maybe I want it every week. Uh, so I'll let you know because you'll certainly get feedback on that. And this is your first, I guess, first novel or first, it's like a serial, isn't it? That's like how they used to serialize it in the olden days. Um, are you going to release it all as one at the end of the
0: 12 episodes? I will. So right now it's all digital because um, it's, There's no point in in having a print version of of that. It would just be, you know, ridiculous. So it's all going to be digital for now. And then when all of them are out, uh, then I'll have them in various box set options uh, for people. They can buy all 12 if they want. And then I will also have a print version. So the print version will be the whole thing together. Yeah.
1: So how many pages would that be? That'll be quite a, that'll be full length novel easily, won't it?
0: Oh, it'll be longer than a full-length novel. It'll be about uh, around 120,000 words, and the average novel is about 80,000. So when you take it in one chunk, it's going to look big, which is why I've sort of broken it down. All right, so if this is successful,
1: and let's face it, we have just had the most amazing lesson in launching a series of books uh, that we didn't expect but I'll be putting a blog post out about if I can remember half of what Valerie's told me. otherwise I might <laughs> invite her on to write the blog post. I'd like some pictures please so that we can actually have some picks up and, and have a few surprises. I guess that'll be after tomorrow because yes there's no pictures on your site. Um, so I'm assuming you want that to be a surprise. That's part of the strategy.
0: Yeah, I put that site up quickly. Um, when we had a lot of local interest here from, from media, uh, in Valentine's. So that site went up in an afternoon. And since then, I've been so busy writing. And, um, you know, it's only now that people outside my immediate circle are sort of cottoning on to what I'm doing, and are looking at the site, and I'm thinking, okay, I got to get that sharpened up now for tomorrow. Um, and so she's taken an just...
1: hour out to talk to me. She's got all this happening. <laughs> the place has gone crazy. And I'm sitting here just chatting to her. She's really going to be up to midnight tonight doing all this, everybody. Uh, it's it's so exciting. I'm going to go away and write about it. Shoot me a picture, Valerie, so that I can get it up on my website. I can post it today or tomorrow. Do you want the picture of the book cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how okay. about. I can send yeah. it. Yeah, send me that, and when I, as soon as I get my little episode, I'll read it. Then I'll write about it. Uh, now, you started out six months ago. You started in April. It's now September. You're releasing the first. You've got six written. You've got six almost written. I am going to strongly suggest that you might like to have your next series ready to
0: go by the time
1: you finish this series. You've got a lot of work to do, child.
0: I certainly do. I certainly do. But you know what? This is so much fun, it doesn't feel like work at all it really doesn't. You know, I, in terms of pure hours, I punch in way more hours now than I did, you know, with the real job, with the day job. Um, but they, they just fly. They just fly by the, the other day. My daughter came down, she's 13 now. And she said, mom, I'm, I'm just saying good night. And I said, good night. Well, we haven't had supper yet. What do you mean? Good night. But the kids are old enough now. They just cooked supper for themselves. They knew I was down here getting close to lunch. And, uh, uh you know, that's how it goes. And when you're, when you're really passionate about what you're doing, the energy just appears somehow, yeah. miraculously.
1: I, I'm watching this lady here, and she reminds me very much of another lady I had on by the name of Sherry McCarthy. These guys are just vibrant and lots and lots of energy. Yeah. And we've been talking for nearly an hour, and I'm just starting to wake up and I'm going oh I'm human at last and I still got a skerrick of the energy that Valerie is showing right now okay just a couple of questions to wind up because as usual I've promised to keep my um podcast episodes down to 30 to 40 minutes we're now on an hour um uh, but how come on everybody we didn't expect this did we we did not expect to have such a lesson Thrown at us at this ungodly hour of the morning, Valerie, you are an amazing woman. Uh, how many people do you think you'd have on your mailing list now?
0: Oh, I haven't checked in a while, but I've got um, i got a couple of hundred. Yeah, but I have I haven't um, I haven't been watching the numbers because it's it, that to me has been beside the point. So you know, for for someone who's an unknown author. Um, because Robin St. Croix has not been released to the world yet, so it's just my immediate circle and the people I have been meeting. Uh, and I really have no platform as a romance writer. To have a couple of hundred people on the list to start out, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, and as you said, it goes <laughs> yeah. that three tiers deep. They're going to tell someone who's
1: going to tell someone. Now, you said you have found some of these people at conferences, so you obviously attend a lot of conferences. I notice, um, and this is way back when I was going to have a boring, straightforward chat with you today, (laughs) I noticed that you were a member of uh, the Alliance of Independent Authors, Scribby, and the Writers' Alliance of Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, So you're obviously a big person on professional organisations and networking. Uh, To finish off, you would say that that is a way for all of us to go?
0: I actually find more networking opportunities in um, non-writing related um, organizations. With the exception of Allie. Um I just think that's they're fantastic and I'm, there's so much information there, I've only just scratched the surface. But there's uh, a group we have locally, um, it's called ENLO, Newfoundlands and Labrador Organization of Women Entrepreneurs. So for Robin St. Croix, that's a whole group of my readers right there. But they're, they're business people who understand that I have a business so when I go to them and say look can you help me spread the word they go absolutely I totally know what you're doing I I totally get that this is marketing and uh, and they're more than happy because they understand what I'm doing and I find that as writers we tend to be so shy about promoting ourselves or asking for help or and a lot of writers are introverts I'm not uh, but a lot of writers are introverts and it's really it's hard to walk up to someone you've never met and say, Hi, I'm selling a book. Do you want to buy it? <laughs> right? You know? So, but when you walk into a group of business people who are all creating something and trying to sell it, you, you start with a, a common level of understanding. And, you know, in exchange, it's not just them giving to me, in exchange, I'm helping them however I can and i wondered you know what do i have to bring to this table because you know i'm a writer but i'm also have an expertise in pr um a lot of business people like when i went to this workshop in april if i wanted to be a ghostwriter i could have had enough work for two or three years because what a lot of business people are doing now are writing books in their area of expertise and using them as business cards they have no intention of going to market with these books not initially anyway but their clients, let's say if they're an investment guy, their clients are going to hang on to that book, even if it's a short book, more faster than they're going to hang on to a business card or a pamphlet. So they're really interested in writing, and they're really interested in talking to me about being an indie author as a business. I mean, that's really cool. They, they just think this is the coolest thing ever, and it is the coolest thing ever. So, you know, I don't mind talking to them at all. But I find... And, and being an extrovert, I look for these excuses to go out and talk to people. Um, because if I had to sit by myself in a room day in and day out, I'd go nuts. I, would just, I wouldn't be able to cope at all. So, yeah, I just love doing that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I, I can see that as well. I think burying you away in the dark would be a very, very sad day indeed. <laughs> but what you've done for me in the last two minutes is you've actually clarified what my business is. I've, I've called myself Writer on the Road and there's been a bit of confusion about what exactly, who is my market. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bridge that gap between author, writer and business um, because I've had some guests on who have talked about content marketing and and how your brand is your story and your book is your business card. So I'm going to a couple of conferences, a podcasting conferences. And yes, I'm an author, but I want to help people in business tell their story. And I've known what I've been trying to do, but I I don't think I've articulated it well enough. So I might have to bring you on board to sort out my brand. Um, Because I think that author entrepreneur or that authorpreneur, which is I think I first heard the word with uh, Joanna Penn, And I love that word. I think we are business people, we are authors, we are independent authors, and we do have to have a bit of a business brain, although I've got to tell you that yours is an amazing business brain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I look forward to many more series uh, series coming from you. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to spread the word for you as much as I can. Um, If anyone listens to me, my two daughters and cats, um, as we've been talking... Uh, Valerie's had cats running around her room, cross bookshelves and all the rest of it. And I've got cats climbing under my feet. At least they haven't broken into a fight, which sometimes happens. So that's that's pretty good. Um, so Valerie's a cat lady. She's a word lady. She's got a daughter who writes novels. She is exactly the same as me, except she's making money and I'm not. Um, <laughs> but my day will come. <laughs> Uh, yeah I think because she does the work and I just talk about it I just talk to other people who are doing it Uh, all right Valerie if you'd like to finish off with one last piece of excitement about your series that's coming out how about you share with us what's happening tomorrow and then I'll let
0: you go tomorrow part one of Masquerade will be live on Amazon iBooks Kobo and Nook and um if you go to robinsoncroy.com, you can sign up on the website, and uh, you'll get part two for free. Part one will be free for September, and uh, yeah, get reading and get sharing. Yeah, what am I paying for? Of- trailer as well, huh. and and sh- you're selling out of your trailer. No, I will be s- sending people a copy of my oh. book trailer. That oh, I saw. Oh, I saw that clip. That's uh, I got you know nearly a thousand views already in just a couple of. I don't know two days or something. <laughs> yeah. So this this woman, she's only
1: got two hundred people on her mailing list, but she's actually got four thousand friends, um, and and it's spreading very quickly. And I can see. Well, I think you've done an amazing um, lead up to this launch tomorrow. Now, being in Australia, I should actually have it now.
0: Well, oh yeah, you should. It's not uploaded yet because it's still Saturday my time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no advantage. I keep forgetting no advantage. about this. I keep forgetting about this. So I will be sure to that to let you know exactly when it's live so you can, it might even be depending on how quick Amazon is, it might even be Monday before you get it. Oh, I will make sure that you know when it's there.
1: Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, send me a picture. I'll put a picture up on on the website for us. Um, I'm sure it'll be plastered all over your Facebook and my Facebook and all your 4,000 friends' Facebook. Congratulations, <laughs> Valerie. I think it's an amazing idea. Thanks I wish so. you every success. You've been certainly generous with your advice um, with us today. We're all going to write, go out and write series now, except we haven't got the energy that you've got. You're amazing. All right. It's been fantastic talking to you. Best luck with the best of luck with the launch tomorrow. And let's get you back on board at the end of the series and we can talk about how it all went.
0: Perfect. Sounds good to me. Okay, bye for now.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.